1: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahatchko. Joining me, as always, is our founder and fearless leader, John, ho, 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 big red, Johnston.
0: <laughs> you caught me by surprise.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Is it,
0: uh, is it almost Christmas?
1: Uh, yes, because we're dropping this on Christmas Eve, so yes.
0: Oh, I I never know that because uh, I, I usually get bad things for Christmas or coal or a note from Santa that says do better.
1: Do you get bad things or do you do bad things at Christmas?
0: I don't do bad things at Christmas. I do oh, okay. bad things all year long. Why the hell? is Christmas different?
1: <laughs> uh, Joining us as always. I don't have a clever name worked up in my head for him. Sorry, it's underwhelming. Todd the Bod. Todd, okay, Todd the Bod. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but Todd the Bod. It is. T-shirts available someday for Todd the Bod. Hi, Todd. You
2: didn't know. You didn't know Uh, Well, Todd certainly has more bod than he once did. Um, (laughs) It's not the same bod he was have to There's more of it.
0: We're right over I, the top.
1: I, I think Maggie, knowing both of you guys when you were young studs would have been a, a hell of a party.
0: Uh, you know what? I'd have make sure you were the one going to jail and not me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been just like I did the the with
0: everybody else.
1: So uh, we're here today to celebrate my momentous victory that nobody else cared to recognize except for me. And that is, if you recall last week on the show, when we did our end of the uh, show predictions, and we're, of course, predicting the Nebraska Rutgers game, I said 28 to 20. The final score was actually 28 to 21 because Greg Shano decided, now let's go for two one time, you fucker. Um, But that's like, that's as major of an award this uh, holiday season as a lamp leg or a leg lamp. I'm just saying.
0: Okay, Greg, we're all excited. You finally got something right. Yay, Greg. <laughs> Thanks, John. I appreciate that. You're welcome. That. That's as good as it gets, buddy.
1: I know. It really doesn't get any better than that. Um, so let's talk about Nebraska's 28 21 win uh, in New Jersey, Piscataway, uh, the home of the Scarlet Knights. No, Noah Vedrill, which we knew about going in, but that would have been kind of fun. Um, or maybe not, because maybe he would have torched us. Who knows? Um, but the first half was gone awful. And the second half was, I think, in, and obviously take with a grain of salt because it's still Rutgers, but you hope that the, the type of second half that they had uh, against Rutgers was, I think, the team that they can be rather than the team that they have been.
0: Okay, let's, let's dispel this. It's just Rutgers fucking bullshit right away at the beginning. Because <laughs> I've seen people comment a lot, and I'll tell you what you are. You're joy-stealing shitheads. That's what you are. Just so I can start this podcast off alienating some of you with this. Yes, Rutgers, it doesn't count, it's meaningless. You know, you're this way your whole life, your wife bakes you a nice cake for your birthday and you got to bitch about there's not enough frosting on it, you fucking angry (laughs) shitheads. Anyway, it's important to point out that Greg Shiano started this year. The Rutgers had a 21-game losing streak. Coming into this game, into the Big Ten, a Big Ten losing streak that long, they still haven't won fourteen. What was it? Fourteen home games that they lost. They didn't win a Big Ten game at home. Greg Schiano had that team playing pretty good football. They won three games in a really crappy year. They took a bunch of people who were not winning at all and weren't even competitive and made them competitive in pretty much every one of their games. They took Michigan to overtime. What, they lose to Illinois by one score? A lot of football goes to your head, not your arms and your talent levels. It's in your head, and I think we understand that from looking at this Nebraska team, that when they get their heads on straight, they're going to be a damn good football team, but they're not there yet. You know, Rutgers showed that they showed themselves that they could play football and at least be competitive. Now, maybe you could throw that away because it's a pandemic year. But then if you're going to do that, you got to throw everything away and you got to give Nebraska credit for at least playing throughout the year and right up until they opted out of a bowl game. But we'll get to that later.
2: (laughs) Todd? That that game the other night kind of reminded me of the Illinois game last year. They they played horrible in the first half, but I as I kept watching it, it was kind of like you know when we get out of our own way, we could win this thing. And I know that um, you know that I'm not alone in thinking that at times. But uh, one thing I have learned watching Nebraska football for the last few years is, uh, well, for one thing, it ain't over till it's over, and um, there's no sense in in, in giving up. Um, because if nothing else, they're a bunch of scrappers and they're a bunch of fighters. Um, I agree with John 100%. The mental aspect of the game is something that has not developed, in my opinion, since Scott Frost has been there. I mean, you just take a look at Shiano. You know, he had successful seasons when he was at Rutgers the first time. Thus, you know, he was a hot candidate for an NFL team. You know, That didn't work out so well. But there's no question that He can coach at the college level and he can motivate those guys. Um, Now you got row the boat with PJ and now you got chopping wood with Greg Shiano. I don't know if there are any, uh, you know, great woods acronyms or not acronyms, but uh, sayings left, you know, that you can use as a inspirational uh, motivator. Uh, So, uh, but the, the kids at Rutgers are buying in, to what he's to what he's selling so
1: there probably are some uh some good wood uh cliches left i just don't know how many of them are like you know uh, memorial stadium friendly <laughs> <laughs> but like so so that's the thing though and and you know quick sidebar but when i was up in shattering and covering uh Shatter state eagles and danny woodhead was up there like the student section and, again take it with a grain of salt that is you know shadron and not you you know UNL but the student section they they wore black t-shirts that simply just said two words and you know very very much piggybacking off of a, a popular ad campaign from the 90s but it instead of got milk it just said got wood and that was that was during the the Dana woodhead era so it you, know, you know awesome.
0: morning wood that's uh, get her down there
2: early
1: so I think John is, John is advocating for more 11 a.m. Kickoffs. That's, happened,
2: so. that's what I was going to say. Exactly. <laughs> if Nebraska continues having those 11 a.m. Kickoffs, that there you go. That makes sense.
1: Bring we the morning wood.
0: wood. We could, we could come
2: up with some during the off season,
0: probably involve beef, hmm.
1: but, but would we be able to uh, thank our great sponsors over a blue chew? So I really think the bring the morning wood is, is the best, uh, <laughs> The best the best slogan.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I think we should not be associated with Rutgers other than uh, we beat him. Yay. And, and honestly, in the first half of that game, uh, my thought was I never wanted to see Adrian Martinez play quarterback again, unless it was for another team that we were playing against so we could pick him off and make him fumble. And I, I was utterly, completely disgusted with him to the point. I mean, like, you know, have him disrobe and walk off the field nude and not wear Nebraska things right now. And, you know, he, he redeemed himself
1: in the second walk half. Walk home in the rain.
0: Yeah, walk home in the rain. There you go. You know, and, and I. Uh, in the second half, you know. Com- you-
1: completely agree. I, I, um, I said to uh, my buddy, I said, I don't want to see. Adrian Martinez run the ball anymore, uh, and then something happened at halftime. I don't know what adjustments were made, or if you know he just finally settled in, or cut the sleeves off, or whatever it was. Um, but he he looked like a, a different, completely different player.
0: Yeah. Did you see his post game interview? I did not. I mean, he he talked about the team being tough, and he talked about. You know, he, you could tell that he was disgusted with himself with the four turnovers, you know, and he he brought it up that he had four turnovers and, you know, the look on his face looked like a guy that was kind of like, you know, I had a shitty day at the office in the morning and in the afternoon I turned it around and kicked some ass, you know, and, and was still kind of disgusted with himself for the first half performance but he, what was that run he had in the second half, that long run where he just kind of stopped and turned and ran out of bounds? It was like he got bored. I don't know what the hell was going on with that.
1: I, he, he, I, I remember watching that because I was, you know, watching it live. You don't see, you know, uh, everything. Uh, and then on the replay, they, they showed where the defenders were, were you know, kind of getting past some of the the uh, downfield blockers, who I, I guess would have been wide receivers at that point. And so he was just kind of looked like he caught himself in space and said, I, I can go and, and take the contact or let me just, let me just hang a right. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me head to the starboard and I'll, I'll duck out of bounds. And, and, uh, I mean, you know, sometimes it doesn't hurt to play, uh, play smart like that. So
0: maybe he thought there was a guy over there with a dilly bar to give
2: to him. He was just setting his teammates up to get some yards. That's what he was doing. Well, I've had enough. We'll have a couple more plays.
1: Todd, what a great uh, transition! Because Dedrick Mills, the master of getting the yards, and the uh, also the master of getting you down inside the five, and then your coach not calling your number and letting you punch it in for the six. What the fuck?
2: I, I thought well, that was. first weird. off, I I was the happiest I've been in a long time watching a Nebraska game because they ran the damn ball and they were physical and they you know they they recognize you can you can pile up a lot of yards between the tackles and you can do it running the ball and you can do it throwing the ball and you know once they got things figured out. Um, that was about as much fun as I've had watching a Nebraska game in a long, long time. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like welcome back, Diedrich Mills. We wish you were healthy all the time, um, and we wish that the coaches would understand that Nebraska can run the football.
1: I, let me ask you guys this, and, and John, I haven't list, uh, listened to the entire uh, show with you and Yoshi, but did you guys see any letdown at uh, left tackle with a cork run in there? in uh, no. Hymus. <laughs> that wasn't that a thing of beauty I mean uh, getting his first start I, I might be the first time that he's played I, I, I don't know exactly how many snaps Hymas has missed but uh, what a what a good hand he's going to be on the left side of that offensive line
0: there, there was a drive they had where they just started out and they ran left off tackle and left off tackle and left off. They, they literally – in fact, they ran so much I tweeted that uh, this is the drive in which we abuse the left side of the line, you know, where you abuse uh, Rutgers on the left. And I would, I guess I looked at that at the time and I thought, that's where Turner Corcoran is. Don't they know he's a new guy? I mean, he was still plowing. <laughs> I think he was just plowing – Seven, eight yards a carry, and I guess I was shocked by that, but maybe that was to build confidence, or maybe they just said, yeah, we don't need to build confidence. He's killing these people, and the left side of the line's killing people. Let's keep doing it. So it was fun to watch.
1: And and there was the uh, record, and somebody help me out. I don't have it immediately in front of me, but the three drives of over 90 yards in – was it in in the half, I believe, set some kind of, you know, FBS record?
0: Well, I was the only team to do that this season.
1: Okay, so not but not. It was
0: just Rutgers. It was just Rutgers. <laughs> it was just Rutgers. You know, years well, ago when well, we played well, Iowa State over and over, and Tom Osborne ran him straight into the ground, racked up 680 yards of rushing. Nobody went. Well, it's just Iowa State. That Tom Osborne. He's a crappy coach. That Tom Osborne. Don't uh, you don't give him any cereal on a pla a, a ball. You did lose it. You gotta give him the cereal on a plate. fucking doorknobs
1: first of all i just want to say that impersonation or that impression that you did of whiny fan from the 80s and and that's that's the might be the highlight of the five heart podcast of all time that's got to be a top five moment
0: todd appreciates the fact that i i I said iowa state there instead of like uh, i don't know kansas
1: Well,
2: you know you're more than a closet iowa state fan john i mean you know they're (laughs) on your list (laughs) <laughs> no no we
0: should hire matt campbell
1: oh god um uh, uh, anything else i mean really about the the ruckers game that that jumps out that you guys wanted to touch on uh, this is going to be kind of a shorter episode because it's christmas eve when people are here and probably so they don't want to spend a whole hell of a lot of time listening to us when they could be listening to bing crosby there you go i wanted
0: one more touchdown
1: so did i No, I didn't, because then I would have been wrong on my score. Fuck you, John. (laughs) Um, Well, let's talk real quick about uh, Illinois. After the end of the regular season, Lovey Smith is out. And of all the fucking assholes that they had to hire, they hire the tip-toppiest motherfucker of all, Brett Bilema, Bilema, or whatever the hell his name is. And... uh, It... (sighs) What? Yeah, you know, I, we, we call him Bert so often and, and have for so long that I almost just referred to him as Bert. Uh, but uh, what the Maybe hell, I'm, Illinois?
0: We're, we're upset that I posted that thing about uh, Anima and uh, <laughs> why is this relevant to Nebraska football? Why are you I calling saw that. It's kind of like, come on, you know, get into it. This guy's a, it's a be- why do you not like him being hired for Illinois?
1: I don't like him. Period. It, it, there are like a handful of people who should just be out. Uh, and and the guy's an asshole. And what John? No, I, it's yes, okay. You're, a, he
0: you're he's
2: wonderful that he's back in the Big Ten. <laughs>
1: you're well, a level because he's asshole. a Hawkeye.
2: He was a Hawkeye.
0: Yeah, exactly. Doesn't he have like a Iowa tattoo on his ankle or some damn place? Not that you yeah, can see somewhere. it anymore because of the rolls of fat. <laughs> <laughs> Bert belongs you, in the big.
1: Uh, I'm do glad you think that- Illinois
0: hired him. I'm shocked Let's- they hired him, yeah. but, you know, it seems like an Illinois thing to do.
1: Let's, let's look, let's look into our crystal balls. Uh, It's Christmas Eve, 2025. Is Burt still at Illinois?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because he'll win just enough probably for them to go, yeah, what else are
2: we going to do? State of Illinois has got a lot of good high school players. And it sounds like one of the first calls that Bielema made was to the president of the coaches association. And, you know, immediately he's trying to develop positive relationships with them. Apparently Lovie Smith never bothered. And, um, if, if he can figure out a way to keep Illinois kids at home, um, they, you know, he could, he could make a positive impact there. Um, you know, in his style, his brand of football is big 10 football. Um, and, I, I kind of agree with John. I think that he's going to have some success there. Uh, is Illinois going to be a, a Rose Bowl team <laughs> in the next, you know, four or five years? I think that's yet to be seen. I guess, if nothing else, he's got one – you know, his wife's incredibly outspoken and she runs her mouth a lot. So I think that that will just add a little bit of character and flavor to the otherwise very drab, very boring big tent. So, you know, take the muzzle off of her and, um, let's, let's spice <laughs> things up a little bit. Parma.
1: Interesting, Parma. interesting. That's right. Parma. Interesting choice of words there, uh, Todd, at the end. Uh, well, let's, let's re remind, uh, our Husker fans, uh, uh listening a few names, Jordan Westercamp, Tanner Farmer, Vincent Valentine, all Illinois guys. Just saying. We don't want him to develop too good a relations with the, the, the coaches because it might, well, you know,
2: half of Iowa's roster is from Illinois. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, there have been years when there have been more students on campus at the University of Iowa that are Illinois residents than Iowa residents, which is kind of hard to believe, but
1: makes I me sad. Uh, so, and uh, that's part of the news that we got. I mean, as far as Big Ten coaching, I don't really know. There have not been any other changes made um, that I've heard of. Uh, I don't know if you guys have, have caught word that I, I would, But I don't think any other coaches are out. Levy, so far, to my knowledge, is the only one. Um, We're waiting yeah. on
0: Jim Harbaugh.
1: Yeah, the Harbaugh oh, decision.
0: Oh I'm sure ESPN's gonna do a long special about it, called "The Decision," <laughs> Harbaugh.
1: Well, let's talk about the Relating other big news. I'll be sure to watch. I can't wait. Um, the other news that that came out this week regarding Nebraska football is that uh, after a team vote, this is according to reports, after a team vote, uh, they decided to not go to a bowl game should they have been invited. I don't even know if that was an option. Um, I I guess in the, in the 2020 pandemic stricken season, anything's possible, but they said, no, we we're tired. I think, um, you know, Scott made comments uh, after the game. It was after the game or after, you know, the, this word came out that, you know, he he's had, you know, with his dad passing, uh, he's had a long year and, and kind of a, a a rough year. And, you know, then you talk about the fact that some of these kids haven't really been home since March. And, and, uh, you know, uh, then other things like the practices were down from like 15 practices to you know, three or four. So there are a lot of reasons why, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm mixed because I, I love Husker football. And I, you know, my first football game watching with my son was, you know, new year's Eve against UCLA, uh, back in, 2015 when he was eight days old. Yeah. Uh, So that would have been kind of fun to have a similar experience with him in that regard, but there'll be more Husker football in the future. And and overall, you know, if if it's for the general health of the team, I, I'm not really opposed to them opting out. What do you guys think? Just
0: for a quick counterpoint, Greg, you know, you got to ask yourself who's running this team. Who's you? Is Scott Frost running this team or the players running this team? You know, back in my day, my dad used to send me out to a field. And I had to go out there and plow that field. And I had an oxen. And I couldn't come home until the field was plowed. And sometimes it would take two, three days straight. didn't even sleep. And I still got that field plowed. And these kids these days, they just uh, got to go see mommy and daddy and they, they got to be warm sometimes or something. I, you know, this leads to the pacification of America. Everything's coming apart. That's why communists like Todd are going to take over soon. <laughs> All because Nebraska didn't go to a ball game. Okay, comments
1: Todd Todd you're muted
2: I'm not sure how to follow that up
1: on. <laughs> I, I, my, my only question is that particular character that we just heard from uh, if I were to stand up in, in a couple rows in front of him at Memorial Stadium would he yell at me tell me to sit down
2: He'd yell at you, then he'd reach out and smack you in the back of the head.
1: I <laughs> hit you with
0: my cane, you son of a bitch. I'm poking you? you right in the ass.
1: Hey, you wait see? a minute. No, no, no. That's That type of stuff's illegal in, uh, in Nebraska, I think.
0: Yeah, it wasn't illegal back in my day. Oh, God. They are poking each other in the ass all the time. <laughs> Especially with wood.
2: You know, I, I tell you what, I, I would have liked to have watched one more game. um, And – but I completely concur with the decision that was made. You know, people are feeling a little bit positive, you know, based on the way that it ended up at Rutgers. You know, just tie a bow on it, walk away, and come back and get ready to go in the off season. as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, you know – I think you know I had forgotten um, that Larry Frost had died. You know, and um, Scott Frost has had a hell of a season, and I don't I don't blame him from a personal perspective from just wanting to get away from everything for a while. Um, You know, the guy got vilified up to the players and let them you know, make the call.
0: The the guy got vilified in the media for, for no other reason than he was an easy target for these motherfuckers like Paul Feinbaum and Pat 40 and Desmond Howard. Everyone, you know, I started going back through and I'm putting together a timeline on all the events that occurred around that. James Franklin also came out and said that he wanted to play football. Ryan day did, but Scott Frost, became the poster boy of attack for these assholes that just want to get views. And, you know, I, I kind of, I think I tweeted at one of the national pundits and said, you know, I I really want to point out to you that right now, Nebraska football is probably as irrelevant as it's ever going to be. We're not good. And uh, our fan base is still tearing you up. And if it bothers you on Twitter or social media that you're getting attacked by Nebraska's fan base now, wait until we're good, you sons of bitches. Because our yeah. fan base isn't going to forget that. And honestly, in some ways, I don't want us to. Because some of those comments, especially like Paul Feinbaum, that guy's the reason I don't watch College Game Day anymore. There were a lot of good people on College Game Day. And you would put Paul Feinbaum, this guy that made a living off being a blowhard in the SEC on your program, and you expect me to watch that guy with any credibility – No, so I started watching Fox, and if you'll notice recent news, Tom Rinaldi and his piano have left ESPN and are going to Fox. Now, we can all make fun of Tom Rinaldi and his piano, but you know, the guy does some damn good tear jerking stories. He's a good storyteller, even though they are, you know, I mean, they're kind of cheesy sometimes, but whatever. Anyway,
1: what was it as far as him going from ESPN to Fox was it like Tom Rinaldi? And like this specific piano or was it Tom Rinaldi and a piano to be named later?
0: It's uh, the piano, the fold out mobile piano, the grand piano that's behind him in the background playing at the beginning of every one of his tear jerking stories. So yes, oh, okay. it is the same piano. ESPN doesn't get to keep his T piano. So fuck them.
1: <laughs> uh, no. And, and, and I mentioned it, I, I've been saying it, I don't know for a couple of weeks and maybe it sounds like, you know, moving the goalposts. uh, I might've even said that myself, but Scott Frost said, we want to play football and we can do so safely. And maybe it's because they have the benefit of the university of Nebraska medical center nearby, but you know, unlike Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Michigan, I mean, I think Rutgers was the only team in the conference that had all of their games uh, that, that got to play all nine games. So you know Nebraska was only one behind them and they lost that one because of or, or you know they lost that uh, ability to play that game because of of uh, some you know covid outbreaks or spikes or whatever in, in the Wisconsin program so Nebraska did everything right and that is a feather in the cap of of Scott Frost Bill Moose and everybody associated with the fo- football program as far as you know uh, doing the right things not not breaking you know the the quarantine or, or however, you know, the protocols that they put in place. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, you can be three and five and, you know, oh, uh, uh, boo-hoo, you know, we, you know, let, let's, you know, we're playing Rutgers in the crossover game, whatever, however you want to say it, you know, we're, we're not back yet, but this is a, a coach and, and an athletic director that fought for the players uh, for them to have a season. The only reason, I mean, like our opponents were saying, Hey, thanks Nebraska. Thanks for bringing big 10 football back. And they were saying that in jest, but really they should be, you know, sending heartfelt, you know, thank you letters, uh, to everybody in in Lincoln, because without, I I think without Scott Frost and Bill Moose pushing so hard for this at the beginning, when the big 10 leadership clearly failed, then there is no, you know, potentially big or, or it's a, a six game schedule. And and I I don't know what even that would look like. So uh, a lot of credit goes to Scott Frost and to uh, the players, the staff, you know, everybody uh, involved for keeping this team healthy enough to be able to play every game. They were able to play every game. It was an opponent who, uh, who failed to, to meet the requirements on their end. So uh, that, that's, that's the success right there.
2: I agree with you 100%, Greg. And, you know, um, it it would have been nice if Ohio State had spoken up a little bit stronger than they did early on. You're right, James Franklin spoke favorably and, and Ryan Day both did. But we all know who the bell cow is in the Big Ten Conference. And Gene Smith should have been out in front of this as well because it made it awful convenient um, his absence and kind of they're not pushing as hard as they did. They made it awful easy for everybody else to point their fingers and criticize um, Frost and Moose and Nebraska, you know, those that chose to, to be critical of them. I still believe that there were schools in the conference that absolutely did not want to play. And I think that it, it wasn't just, you know, the president and the chancellor. I think that it trickled down to other people and, um, I think it's – you know, I, I, I'm almost finding a great deal of humor in Indiana's response to the whole thing because I don't think Indiana really wanted to play, you know, at the start of the season. And then they end up having an, a very good season, and now they don't feel like they're getting, you know, the accolades that they deserve. Um, you know, they're whining about Iowa State getting a Fiesta Bowl bid with three losses, and they're sitting there with one and probably going to the mayonnaise bowl or whatever the hell it is. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel bad about that. I, you know, I'm, I was one of those people that I didn't think there should be a season. That was my opinion at the outset. Um, once the decision was made to go forward, I thought Nebraska did it the right way. And if everybody would have emulated the way that Nebraska handled it, I think that it would have been a much smoother season than it was.
1: And if if you disagreed with Todd's original opinion from the beginning of the season that there should be no season. Send your hate mail to Todd at coronation.com. It doesn't (laughs) exist. He'll never see it, but you'll feel better.
0: You know, you you point that out. You point that out. Let's, let's really put that actually in context. Uh, You're an 18 to 21 year old football player who really doesn't get a party and doesn't get to have uh, female relations on a constant basis, whether you're on campus because your team wants to play football and you don't want to get infected with COVID. I I, I can tell you what I was like when I was 18 to 21 years old. And uh, de- these things would have been difficult. So it actually takes a lot of uh, effort to pull that off. And, uh, and come on, if you're listening to this, don't pretend that you were a fucking angel when you were 18 to 21 years old, for God's sake. Were you, were you something of a so tomcat to there? Me.
1: What? Were you something of a tomcat back in the
0: day? No, not 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 that side of the fence, but uh you know if there's anything else to be
1: done. <laughs> <laughs> I officially know too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay. great stuff and and uh you know it, it'll be it'll be talked about and debated, you know, especially you know like the uh that Florida basketball player you know, who who had the, the heart episode and and yeah. I think was uh, diagnosed with some of the myocarditis. And there's another scientific word I think attached to that. I don't remember that one. I'm barely remembering myocarditis. So get off my ass, people. Uh, but uh, uh, thank you. Oh, oh. It, my, 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 what? My ass is acute. <laughs> Stop that, John. Acute
0: myocarditis.
1: All right. Uh, yeah. That Which did. is
0: interesting because Florida stated that. Uh, what was it they do EKGs and uh, cardiograms of all of their players before the season. And they get, they did them after they did COVID and, you know, acute Mario card, which uh, I, potential side effects of COVID. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe this will lead to them doing that on a more regular basis. I mean, you hate to, that kid was uh, Keontae Johnson. He was the preseason SEC player of the year. So (laughs) You know, OK, regardless, if you're going to have a kid that's going to have problems, maybe you're going to do these things on a more regular basis because right. I've seen basketball players die in the past from that. And, you know, maybe this maybe all of this, when it's all cleared up, will actually lead to better health overall and and a better idea that we should be taking care of our student athletes, because uh, that's what we need to do.
1: It's crazy talk, John. I There's know too much they money.
0: just make us ship tons of money and all our coaches get paid millions of dollars a year. And uh, Bo Pelini's out at LSU after getting uh, like a $6 million settlement or something. And, and by God, we can't play the players though. Play, must be
1: nice. Cause we can't <laughs> pay them, cause It we can't must afford. be nice to be that bad at your job that they pay you $6 million to go away. I don't all right, know. Um, hmm.
0: I mean, people don't even pay me to go away from like their house.
1: John, yeah. I would. Can I pay you to stay at my house? That's kind of weird, Greg. How's how is that weird? What let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it is Christmas Eve, uh, and and the football off season is is upon us as far as you know as Nebraska goes. Uh, the basketball season is. I can't really know. I don't. I can't say it's in full swing. It's in some kind of swing. Uh, and make sure that for all the week to week basketball updates, you check out of Bangarangs and Daggers right here on the coordination podcast. Uh, feed. I don't know. I ran out of words there. Um, so with it being Christmas Eve, uh, you guys got any like one really nice Christmas story that you can share with us before we go. And then, and then we'll never talk about this subject again until next year
0: no okay (laughs) my memory's really my memory's bad it's all in nebraska football if you asked me a really nice christmas story before this i might have come up with something you know one day daddy let me come off the field before it was done it was christmas
1: eve in 1935 (laughs) (laughs) okay i don't have anything and and john you're old enough that you were around in 1935 that works uh todd
2: no, I don't. I don't have any great, you know, family stories about Christmas. We they could. There's nothing hallmark about my life you know, to make a movie about. with, with Christmas, I guess
0: I got a, I got a question for you, Todd.
2: Yeah. What
0: kind of goofy ass shit you're going to be cooking up on this Christmas day? Mullis, well, I lost mullis?
2: We are going to have ham, unfortunately. I'm a turkey guy. But I will be cooking up a big old pot of chili for tomorrow, and um, we—it's interesting that both sides of our family, you know, that was a Christmas Eve tradition, having chili and oyster stew. But what we discovered is that the oyster stew was only for one person on each side of the family, and so we basically said, "Well, the hell with it—we're um, not—we're not going to—we're not going to appeal to the minority. So we're going for a big pot of chili tomorrow night."
1: Todd, can we I ask to, a, a favor have, for you? Sorry, John. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, Todd, this weekend when you have leftover chili and leftover ham, will you just have a bowl of chili but slide a uh, slice of ham on the bottom and have like, ham chili?
2: I could try that. Okay. you has got to be better than cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. Si-
1: Fuck that. Chicken. I knew that was going to come. God dang it.
0: We used to have oysters stew, but apparently everybody else hates it but me. So I get the idea that it was only for one person.
1: <laughs> never had oysters. Um, I'm all right with that. God, they
2: stink. They stink. <laughs> it, it just, Jesus.
1: Are, are they worth it on the back end? Because I, I hear that they're an aphrodisiac. So is it, you know, like, a, is the juice worth the squeeze?
2: I've never
1: squeezed the juice.
2: I, you know,
0: I think if you need oysters for that, you should uh, you should work on something else.
1: All right. Uh, with that, I can't think of a, a better stopping point for this week's uh, show. I want to uh, uh, thank Todd and John for uh, another year of fantastic podcasts here on the Five Heart Podcast. In coordination, uh, John, with, without him, there'd be no coordination. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be around here. And Todd, without him, we wouldn't have another guy from Iowa to yell at him. So, <laughs> so uh, we wish, uh, from, from all of us at coordination, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. We'll likely see you back here uh, next year to ring in the new year uh, in some type of way. It'll be weird without a Husker Bowl game, but I guess it shouldn't be too weird because we should be used to it by now. Uh, so for uh, Todd Wolverton and John Johnston, I'm Greg Mahochko saying Merry Christmas and that five hearts is all the hearts you need. John?
0: Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And go big red. That was supposed to come out a lot better than it did.